This is the Horse Radio Network. Clydesdales can event? You better believe it. This week, we're talking about our favorite riding clothes that actually fit like they're supposed to. The time Jess broke her collarbone nine weeks before Rolex. And why is it so freaking hard to live stream horse shows? Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Magazine, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome, Welcome to Happy, to Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Sally Spickard. I'm Jess Payne, and welcome to episode 28 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Hi, guys. Hey, what's going on? Not much. I uh, just got <laughs> back from two weeks in Charleston, so all's good here. I know. I've been uh, drooling over all your pictures because, one, the horse show looks amazing, and I saw that Doug had a really big win, but yeah. what but- trumped that was the pictures <laughs> of Doug and Hudson on the beach. They were oh, like those- the oh my gosh, it was family adorable. photos. Yeah, they were cute. awesome. We brought the like real camera and everything. We had so much fun. And my parents showed up for like middle of the week between the two horse shows and we had a couple clients. So it was a lot of fun. And the beaches, I have to say, I haven't been to the beaches on the West Coast, but at Kiowa Island, it's it really shallow for so long. It is beautiful and it's oh, great. And cute. then yes, Doug had a great win uh-huh. at the Grand Prix the second week. So that was really, really exciting. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I can't complain. So I do have, I love our Facebook group, by the way, and they're so great about giving us advice on different drinks and everything else and questions. <laughs> advice and on how to all drink. All of the above, <laughs> right? I mean, it's great. And Sarah, we are asking about, which you guys please comment, like your favorite drinks on there. We always are looking for new drinks on Heels Down Happy Hour. But this week we have to give Sarah a shout out because she told us about Woodland Punch. Did you guys see this? It sounds so delicious. Oh my gosh. It is, um, it's named after the Woodland Plantation in Louisiana. And that plantation was actually pictured on the Southern Comfort label for a long time. So this looks, this looks pretty enticing and pretty amazing. It's um, one to one and a half ounces of Southern Comfort three ounces of pineapple juice, one ounce of Sprite or club soda. Um, I don't know which one I do. I'd have to probably taste both to see which one. Uh, I think she preferred Sprite and then half an ounce of grenadine syrup and a splash of lime juice. Oh, that's kind of cool. That is a very delicious Southern drink right there. Southern summertime drink. Absolutely. I'm into it. I am. I'm going to have to make this. So I'm really excited. So thanks, Sarah. And you guys, please like keep bringing the drinks because we're all up for trying new ones. (laughs) Always looking for new alcohol, for sure. And then back to Charleston, you guys, I got to tell you, it was, it wasn't as hot as I thought it was going to be, but it was pretty hot. I mean, we are summertime in South Carolina, so it's not like, I mean, Justine, you can kind of relate here in Florida. Oh, totally. We had two hunters, which we don't always have hunters, but we had two hunters these past couple weeks. And I totally got to pull out our cool fit hunter saddle pads. Oh, the horses that like, you know, they have to sit around in the hunters and wait for the hack. And those pads are amazing. Like I literally was like, I can't believe that they're not dripping of sweat underneath them. They are seriously the greatest things. 
Wow. That's interesting because I've always wondered if you could actually really see a difference. Cause I've, that's the one that I have not used personally is the cool fit pad. We used them on our hunters all week and they were amazing. Cause like the jumpers were done a couple of the days, like early in the mornings, like whatever. And two of the hunters, like poor things, like both of them each time had to go like at like one went at like one thirty and one went at like two. Oh, like two the hottest rings. part of the day. Hottest part of the days. And I was like, you feel bad like putting on yeah. the tack. And you're like, oh my gosh. And so, but those pads are amazing. I props to Eco Gold because they did save us this past couple of weeks when we had two hunters out there. That's crazy. Yeah. I've been reading, I've obviously read about it a lot, um, but it can, it has been shown to reduce the temperature underneath the pad by up to nine degrees Fahrenheit. So yeah, um, that's a pretty significant difference. It's totally crazy. I know that's like science, like the definition of science, but it just blows my mind that there's a fabric that we can use as a saddle pad that can do that. That is right. Come a long way. Pretty cool. Totally. I, know. I meant to take pictures, but I kind of forgot. Sorry. <laughs> so if you guys want to check out a pad like that for yourself, you can go to equalgold.ca. All right, guys. So it's time for news. Sally, what do you got for us? Um, so one of the things that I've really enjoyed following the last couple of years is the Global Champions Tour. Um, even as an event writer, I think that it's cool that the show jumpers have really kind of made this big marquee event that's in these beautiful cities all over the world. And so every year I'm always stalking to see if there's going to be a stop because there's usually what, like 15 or so. There's a lot of stops all throughout the year, all over the world. Like they go to Paris, London, they've been to Miami Beach. Um, and it's just gorgeous if you follow anything on social media that has to do with global champions. Um, but anyway, so they're starting to slowly announce the 2019 season. Um, and they have announced that it's going to actually be stopping in Montreal in the next season, which is super exciting. I'm so excited because that event the venue they do at all of the different places, like Miami, you see the beach in the background, mm-hmm. Paris, you see the Eiffel Tower. I mean, it is amazing. I'm so excited because Montreal is probably one of my favorite cities, like all time favorite cities. I do love, love Montreal. Oh, that's cool. I've never been, I've only ever been to oh. Niagara Falls ever. It's my only Canadian experience. So I, it would be cool because now that it's in North America again, it makes it a little bit more accessible for me to go. So I think it'd be interesting to try and make it happen, but it's logistically, it's just such a, a, a production. I can only imagine it'd be cool to oh kind of gosh. look into what goes into booking the tour stops because I mean, what other place has horses in front of the Eiffel? I mean, that's just crazy. Like who thought of that and who approved it? You know, it's so, amazing. It's pretty cool. Let's see. Justine, what do you got? So I found this interesting story about, uh, how Chinese equestrians are learning from the, uh, German equestrian federation right now. And they're really trying to build equestrian sports in China uh, basically through the help of Germany, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. So obviously you guys remember when the Olympics was in Beijing and that really kind of kickstarted this interest in equestrian sports, specifically show jumping in China. And ever since then, uh, Germany is, it sounds like Germany has had a pretty good relationship with China and helping trying to build, I guess their appetite for equestrian sports. So that's pretty um, cool. That's really cool. I know. And it's really interesting. So So they've been able to repurpose the bird's nest, which is the Beijing national stadium, which they built for the Olympics in 2008. And every year for the last seven years, they've been hosting the Beijing masters, which is an international equestrian show jumping event. And they've been using the old Olympic 
stadium, which is great. And I, I, so I went to China on my honeymoon and I saw the stadium, but obviously, unfortunately, there was no horse show going on there. But it's great to know that they're you're using that space again. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And it's a and they're just building a program. So I mean, we'll see in the next couple of years if we have some really interesting Chinese riders mm-hmm. uh, that are you know really trying to make it on the international stage, but it sounds like they're really making a go of it and have a wonderful relationship with Germany that's really helping them. Yeah. Well, and if you're going to do it, I mean, learn from the best, right? The Germans are some of the best riders in the world in all disciplines. So that's the way to do it. (laughs) Absolutely. They're very lucky. (laughs) What about you, Jess? So speaking of events, the cutest thing, well, lots of cute things happened at Rebecca Farms this past weekend, but... One of the cutest things was not the young riders, they did great, was that there was the first ever Clydesdale to compete there. What? Oh, that's awesome. It went novice level. It was so cute. <laughs> what? Yes. Oh. And like, it's not like the Clydesdale cross that really looks like a thoroughbred. Like it's got some portion of Clydesdale in it. No, this is a legit Clydesdale. Oh, I'm looking was, at it now. <laughs> it's got the feathers and everything. Everything. <laughs> oh, was, my gosh. They bought her to be a vaulting horse, and she didn't want to vault. She didn't like it. She just loved to jump. So they found like they found the trainer, and they said, let's do this, and let's try out eventing. So they went novice level at Rebecca Farms. <laughs> she looks like a classic <laughs> Budweiser Clydesdale, like her color, her, her marking. That's what I was thinking, because they have to be the Bud. We were actually at Budweiser Clydesdale. We went and saw the Clydesdales out in St. Louis a couple months ago. Oh, that's cool. It was super cool. We went, um, we were actually going to look at Purina's plant, and then we went and stopped at Budweiser because Purina feeds all the Clydesdales that are Budweiser Clydesdales. So that was super fun. But they have like certain recommendations, like they have to have certain things that so they all look alike and that's exactly what i thought was oh my gosh it looks like those budweiser clydesdales that pull the carts but this one jumps i know because she has the big blaze and the white legs yeah she's cute so cute so congrats to her rider courtney and owner um good job and keep it up so for anybody who has not signed up for our weekday email newsletter, The Heels Down Brief, it's a really good thing to have in your inbox every morning because we really try to curate kind of the best stories from around the internet, whether they're horse stories or not horse stories. Um, we actually just recently started doing some unique original content that's only in the brief. So I wrote about, for example, high-rise breaches and how they made me feel like a better writer. Um, it's true. Check it out. So there's a lot of different things that we're trying trying um, all sorts of content for you to read to start off your day or to end your day whenever you check your email. Um, so we'd love it if you signed it up and give it a shot. You can sign up on our website at heelsdownmag.com. Okay, so throughout the month of July, we have really been focusing a lot on promoting conversations about body positivity and promoting positive body image within equestrian sport because it is something that's really important. But the fact remains that we are all super different and we all look different and have different body styles and that's totally fine. But it's really hard to find shit that actually fits. (laughs) Like when you have, you know, a big waist or a tiny waist or big hips or anything like that. So we are super excited because we're going to be talking about some of our favorite items that have really kind of we've come to love over the years. Um, So I guess the first thing I'm going to start with is just to kind of get the basics out of the way is just breeches. Um, You know, I I tend to be I'll just kind of start. Um, I'm I'm excited to hear what you guys kind of think of everything. But 
you know, I personally have very straight lines. I don't really have much in the way of hips or butt or anything like that, unfortunately. Um, you know, so it's kind of hard because I've, I've had to, to find breeches that are a, you know, the right length, um, because I have a little bit of a shorter leg and a narrower hip, but I have kind of wide thighs. So it's kind of just a funky fit. And a couple of the, the breeches that I've really come to love over the years, um, are fits for one, they're kind of fit like yoga pants. <laughs> um, so they're definitely some of my favorites, but they're not quite as budget friendly as I can personally afford. So, um, I've really kind of fallen in love with um, a few breeches recently, but most recently it's going to be the smart pack Hadley breeches and also the pipers, but I'll get into that in a second. Um, the Hadley breeches, which I know Justine and Jess have also had a chance to try. And then also this newer brand called EQ Athletica that's Canadian based, but they actually just launched a new line of breeches as well. So all of these are super budget friendly, which is where I started. And then I kind of you know, started to look into how they actually fit. But I will stop talking now. If you guys want to chime in, because I'd love to hear your experiences with those breaches too. So Jess, you go. I am, I'm probably, I mean, my friends will tell you I'm the pickiest person when it comes to riding breaches and show clothes. Like I honestly, I get a complex if I think I look bad. I'm not kidding. Like, <laughs> I will like, literally, I would it messes have with you though. It, it draw. it does. I literally, uh, I have to like, if I'm going to be in the hunter ring, I have to look like a hunter. If I'm going to be in the jumper ring, I got to look like a jumper. Like, and I have stuff for every different ring. I'm not kidding. Like it is a little <laughs> bit ridiculous. Oh. So when I probably have tried every breaches out there, I mean, probably not everyone, probably let's go with 75% of the breaches. I'm super picky. And lately I keep leaving my phone everywhere, which my husband hates. And he's like, if you get another pair of riding breeches, they have to have pockets for your phone. And so I love some that have deep front pockets, but I honestly like them when they have a back pocket too. And those Hadley ones have a deep back pocket. They're like stretchy for the summertime. They're lightweight for the summertime. They're Euro seat, which I'm obsessed with. And honestly is the best thing. Like I am ob obsessed is probably an understatement. <laughs> well, I didn't even realize you were that picky just because like she texted me and was like, oh my God, I love these Hadley breeches. And I was like, oh, that's neat. But she's like, no, you don't get it. <laughs> like I don't like most breeches. So I was like, oh, okay, well that's, that's actually pretty cool then. So oh, no, yeah, that's interesting. I totally agree with the Hadley breeches. So I've always loved my smart pack pipers. They're like my go-to because they're very durable. Like they can, you know, I can ride multiple horses in them. I could do chores all day in them. You know, they could get disgusting and I throw them in the wash and they're good to go. You know, like they, they're just the most durable pair of breeches I have. My only downside of my pipers is that if they, like, if I sweat too much in them, they kind of drag on my hips a little bit. And this might be too, like, TMI, but I chafe in them. Like, <laughs> yeah. I got big old thighs, ladies. I'm, like, big, I got big hips and big thighs. I've just always been that way. And so sometimes the pipers, like, if I'm in them too long, they become uncomfortable. Mm. But the Hadley, I did not have that problem at all. And honestly, the, the second... I put them on, they're so, they're so light. Like the fabric is so, so light and airy. It, it felt like yoga pants to me, honestly. Yeah. Like I could do, I could do yoga in them. Absolutely. And I, I'm hard on my breeches because when I'm at the barn, I'm usually there for hours and I'm doing all kinds of work on top of, you know, I'm like hooking the trailer up. 
I'm throwing hay, hated the horses. I'm mucking stalls. I'm dumping buckets. I'm riding multiple horses. And so it's important to me that breach, like if I'm going to spend the money on breeches, they're one going to fit well. And two, I'm not going to think about them all day when I'm wearing them. Yeah. So I actually also, the Hadley is up there as like one of my number one favorites now, but also they're pretty awesome. They're amazing. They're, and they dry really fast. Like I got wet from washing a horse and they dried almost like immediately, which is wonderful. Actually, I dumped a um, water bucket. I dumped the water bucket onto me and I was, I'll keep in mind, I was in South Carolina, so it does, it's a lot harder here, but it dried almost immediately. Like I, I was hanging up a water bucket and you know, when you accidentally fill them up too much and they dump back on you. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they dry really well. And I, same thing. I can't stand in the summertime, like sweating, like you're talking about, because they're too thick of the material and the Hadley's are, they're like light enough. Yeah, they're totally light and they dried super fast and they were they were like game all day to do whatever you needed to, needed yeah. them to do. And also the ex Athletica ones, I was surprised that they held up too. And I was gonna say I've so, never seen those. So are they the, that spandexy feel like the Hadley? They are. So I had the I guess it's the Manunis, which I love that name. It's I know it's so cute and catchy. (laughs) It's so adorable. And I also so I'm like you, Sally, in that I prefer a higher waist Mm -hmm. uh, breach, just because, like I said, I don't like it when my fat thighs chafe, and I want them to just I want them to stay where they're supposed to be. Um, Yes, I'm going to wear a belt, but I don't want the belt to have to be functional. Right. Decoration only. Exactly. Exactly. You just so, want it to basically be there so that you don't see your belt loops without a belt. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly. what I'm there for. So in both <laughs> the, the Hadley, and, but the Ecathletica, I mean, they, once they were on, they were there and they felt so, they, they felt so much like yoga pants. So <laughs> the first time I wore them, I rode in them. I rode two horses that morning and they were great. I did some barn chores and then I came home and my husband was, had started doing uh, lawn work. We're trying to landscape the front of our house. So I helped him for like three hours and I didn't change. I stayed in my Ecathletica breeches and I, you never would have known like normally it's like 92 degrees and a hundred percent humidity right now. And a normal person would have put shorts on cause it's so hot, <laughs> but I, I landscaped my freaking yard in those breeches and they got filthy covered in soil and, and shell that left like white residue. And I was worried like, Oh no, I hope I didn't stain these and they right. washed totally fine. And, but I, I didn't think about them the whole time because they felt like yoga pants. Yeah. Okay. I, I have a question. I just looked them up. Yeah. The biggest thing is is my iPhone going to fit in the pocket in the back? It's it's the same size pocket as the Hadley. I had no problem. The same. Okay. Both. Okay. Yeah. It felt yeah. very and the same. Thing Just that making I like, sure my iPhone's going to fit in the back pocket. No, but that's, that's so important because I hate having like a, a bulky phone case. It's dude, just super annoying. Dude, I bought annoying. one pair that the pocket, like my hand would, like my oh, fingers yeah. No, I've had those too. It. Yeah. I'm like, and it's what just like, what's the for? purpose of this? Yeah. I'm like, well, don't put that there. That's just <laughs> dumb. So also yeah. with the, Manunias, which is really interesting, is they don't have a normal knee patch. You know, it's not a full seat breach. It's not like a normal knee patch. They have these little like silicone. Gr- yeah, little silicone oh, grip. I love little, 
little like pods, like little dots. So yeah. you wouldn't think that they would be grippy enough in the saddle, but they totally are. It but does make I, a difference, but it doesn't like stick you in so you can't move either, which is also not super awesome. And when no. you're out of the saddle, yeah, you can move around and bend over and not feel stuck. But yeah. what I love... What I loved about it is you can wear them, you can leave the barn and go to the grocery store and look like a normal human and people would think you're just in yoga pants. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's not so glaring that you're wearing a pair of, you What know, color did you get? I got the navy, which I like okay. because I- I have the I, gray ones and they're like the perfect, like they're kind of the medium, like kind of slate gray. And oh, then this is like super superficial of me, but the way that the stitching is on the back, it's like super flattering. If you don't have like hips or a butt, it's super flattering because it just kind of accentuates it. And if you do, it just kind of like makes it look r- nice. Normal. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, it does. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah. it's like the attention to detail is really cool because they're super comfortable, but they're flattering too. It's not just like you're giving up some one thing for it to have another. You kind of get the whole package and they're not that expensive either. Um, then they just started shipping to the United States and the, I mean, I think I can't, I'd have to do the Canadian conversion, but they're not that bad. I mean, they're like for somebody like me that hates to spend even like a hundred, 125 bucks, that's like right in my budget. So, and they're um, going to last, they're going to last. Yeah. So yeah. if I can landscape and ride in them all freaking day and sweat my butt off and then not like sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> and I could have worn them all the rest of the day. Like, the like I didn't test. feel like I had to peel them off and felt disgusting. Like, well, you know and that's I mean? the thing, like who wants to peel off the breeches? So if you can just leave them oh. on, that's, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> the worst is I cannot peel them on. If you I know. know. Yeah. yeah. Once you get them off, this. you can't get them back. On. No, 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 no. The other thing is, is I'm that weird person that shows up to the barn and like does all my stuff in my riding breeches because if it's hot and I put on shorts, I'm gonna have to learn to ride in shorts because I can't get my riding pants on because they're too hot. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> so I yeah, can't. I'm totally into these. Like I, I'm, I lo- I'm a hunter rider by heart. I love my tailored sportsmen's, but I am not going to touch them all summer because I have these breeches that are no. much more comfortable, much more flattering, just as durable. Um, I think they're like more ready to go. Than the, I like them way better than the Taylor sportsmen's. I, think, I have I, to say, I think so too. Which is like a big deal for me to say. You know? And it's crazy right? how many options we even have now. I mean, remember when Tailored Sportsman was the only option that you had, really. And, and yeah. you know, that was about it. And they've done a really good job of evolving with the times, too. But now there's so much competition. And, like, now that kind of leisure apparel type of feel is becoming a lot more popular, which I think is good. So Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys, like, because the other thing from being a hunter it's, it's like, feels like it's been a long time coming to get a show jacket that is freaking breathable and you're not oh like gosh, dying. Right? Oh, you know? not made out of wool you, and suffocating you. will you. die. You will die. <laughs> die. Okay. So I, I will tell the story and you probably are going to judge me, but I'm just going <laughs> to say it. So do, don't. Are you telling yet. the story that I think you're telling? Probably. Lot, lots <laughs> of so people excited. know this story. Okay. Justine probably does not and she might fall off her chair so please put your wine down right now oh Um, no okay i think it was my second or third year i was riding around rolex and i always like have certain attires like i was wearing at the time canary breeches and navy tails navy helmet all of the above i had even a canary stock tie i mean it was completely silk 
canary stock tie. And then for cross country, I wore tan breeches, navy shirt. And then for show jumping, I wore my white breeches and I had this like black and like with blue stripe, blue pinstripe jacket that I also could do the hunters in. I could not find my white breeches that morning. And I thought, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be a big kid. I'm just going to suck it up and put, I had another pair of like tailored sportsman tan. So I put them on. All I can think about while mocking the entire show jump course <laughs> is not what fence is one to two. How many strides is I look like a hunter rider oh, no. and I'm walking around the show jumping <laughs> and I'm mortified. No one can see me. No one even cares what I'm wearing <laughs> except for myself. And I'm like, okay, you got to think, Jessica, seven strides. And I'm like, oh, my God, my outfit. Eight strides. Oh, my God, my outfit. (laughs) And I'm getting worse and worse and starting to have, like, almost a full-blown panic attack. So I leave the arena and have a panic attack. And I call my best friend, Mary Bess. And I'm like, Mary Bess, you got to meet me in the trade fair. She's like, why? I was like, I got to find a white pair of breeches. I'm freaking out. Oh, my god. And she's like, what are you talking about? You ride in an hour. And I was like. I just told the grooms to bring my horse to the arena. I will get on him at the ring, but I cannot go back to the barn. I've got to find a new pair of clothes. So I ran to the trade. I mean, running, running to the trade fair because I don't know how long it's going to take me to find clothes. <laughs> I call my parents because I don't have a credit card at this point because my credit card's back at the barn with the rest oh, no. of my stuff. So all I have is a phone and my outfit. And I'm like, I got to fix this. I go buy a new pair of white breeches. And as I'm in the Onimo tent, and just happened to be the Onimo tent, buying a new pair of breeches, they're like, you really need this jacket. I get a whole <laughs> new jacket. I mean, everything <laughs> gets real bad. And I tell Doug, we're just dating at that point. And I said, Doug, do not tell. He wasn't riding that year. And so I was like, don't tell Jan and David what I've been doing. They're going to be pissed when they find out I've not been thinking about my course. <laughs> I've been shopping and not paying attention to the show jumping, but I will be way better if I'm not, I mean, I will think about my outfit the whole time. If I don't fix this, he's like, I still can't believe you married me after the situation. I, and I get a whole new outfit on. I, I mean, I'm changing with my tall boots in the, in the trade fair. And so like I put this whole new outfit on, I go get on my horse and I'm warming up and Jan looks over and goes, why is she wearing an entirely different outfit from an hour ago? And Doug oh my gosh. And he just chugs it. He goes, I have no clue. And like David that. goes, it's totally fine. That means she's going to bring her A game. And they both look at him and go, what are you talking about? And David goes, you don't understand. When the kid shops, she literally comes and performs amazing. He goes, she was nervous at Blenheim one year. She came back with arms full and I yelled at her and she puts in the ride of her life. He's like, <laughs> literally shopping calms her down. <laughs> like a whole new meaning to retail therapy. <laughs> so when I say I'm picky, so I had my Onimo jacket, but a lot of that like doesn't give and it, it's yeah. breathable and everything else, but you can kind of see like after pregnancy, all this stuff. Oh, but so Charles Ancona can give you vents. You know, those shirts <clears throat> that have the vents underneath them. Doug's is completely vented out. Oh, that's kind of cool. Like mesh under the arms. And it's not like the ugly mesh where you can see it. It's right. You mesh. can't see through or anything. You cannot right? see it. Okay. What's, so, what's the brand? Cause I have one like that too, that I want to tell you guys about, but I'm curious if it's the same. 
So it's Charles Vancoa. I know Alexandro, they do it as well, but the Charles Vancona, they actually do it um, with, I love both the Alexandro and the Charles Vancona. Like both of them are amazing. Cause is that the one you're talking about that Alexandro, the mesh one? Yeah, I have the Alessandro, the AA motion light one. And yeah. it is, it is like, all right. So I got the Hunter green one, which is oh, like, that's oh, I bet that's pretty. It's so pretty. And it's hard to even tell that it's green, honestly, unless you're in the sun. So it almost looks black. Like when Alex took pictures of me riding, like it looks so dark unless I'm like directly in the sun, but it's, and it um, looks awesome with a black helmet. Oh, it does. It does. But it is, it is mesh. Like literally I wear like my white, um, yeah. My white smart pack sun shirt with the mesh arms and stuff like show shirt under it. And you like at the barn, when I'm putting it on, you could see the shirt under the mesh of the jacket. But when I'm riding, you can't, it's really, it's like almost weirdly camouflage, but it is the most comfortable, like show jumping <clears throat> riding jacket I've ever owned in my life. So the and Charles I got- and Kona, the only difference in that one is you can customize it. So you I can put different on their website. That's what I yeah. love oh, that's is- cool. It's so cool. You can do different piping on the collar. You can do, and they put your measurements in. So basically you can build your own jacket online. It's very interactive. It's really cool. Yeah. And that's what I love both of those. Like if I, I love the mesh one and it's a bit much and then, but if to go into the like dressage ring, it would be a bit much with the mesh. That's true. That's probably true. Um, So, but the hunters and jumpers, I love the Alexander one. It's so really nice. Like, like, it's not, it's not that expensive, you know, no. like for, for the quality of coat you're getting, I thought the price point was pretty good and I got lucky. I ordered it like just hoping that the size would fit me and I didn't have to alter it at all, but oh, I think really? I got lucky. Yeah, I got very lucky. <clears throat> oh, no, wow. I have like kind of wider shoulders. So my problem with show coats has been that it's almost like they're too tight up top and then too big in the waist area. Um, so I've ended up having to get a couple of mine altered, but I don't know. Do you have enough like freedom of movement in the shoulders and stuff? Because they're stretchy, both of them. Yeah, yeah. that's true, I guess. And so then I, the difference is the Charles Ancona, they'll measure you. And so yeah. it's almost identical. So like, I think a lot of times with like Doug and a lot of the guy riders, they look too boxy and you don't yeah. see their waist a bit. And so that was the nice thing with the Charles Ancona with him is it just fit him a little bit better. And, and, or his sleeves were too short or his jacket was too short, you know? So like, he's such a weird body type that yeah. for us, then it's kind of like an all around same look. Like you look at both of us, you know, I mean, not that you didn't know we were together anyways, but like you <laughs> knew we were part of our team because our jackets match. Like we're all like about the everything looking the same. Totally. So the problem I have is I am just a, like long gumpy like person, I guess. Like my body is too long. My torso is too long. My legs are too long. So I've always had a problem with hunter coats looking too short on me. They don't come down past my hip. Oh quite yeah. Enough, okay. You know, so, yeah. and I, this almost fit probably more like a men's coat. So, cause it, oh, wow. Fit, That's cool. Yeah. Cause it fit me. Like it was long enough. Uh, I, I don't know. I've never had problems with the shoulders, but like the arms weren't too long. You know what I mean? Like everything fit where it was supposed to. And I liked the length of it. Like it wasn't too short for me. Nice. Whether you need a water solution for one horse in a stall, two in the backyard, or 40 head in the pasture, the classic equine by Richie line of waterers provide trouble-free, worry-free access to water on demand. 
Visit classicequinebyrichie.com for more information. Richie, fresh water for life. All right, guys. So WAG is coming up. I can't believe how quickly it's going to be here. I mean, it's already almost the end of summer and everyone's getting ready to fly their horses from all over the world into Tryon. And for me, I, I always think like immediately as a spectator, as someone who wants to watch the sports is like, okay, who's got the contract to the live stream? Because I feel like there are always like a dozen different players and you never know what's the right link. Is it the FBI? Is it the USCF? Is it going to be the Chronicle of the Horse? <laughs> who's live streaming this? Where am I going to watch it? It's not like the Olympics every year where you know every year it's always NBC. Yeah. NBC will have a dedicated website for the Olympics. You can look at all the different things you want to watch. They make it very interactive. It's easy to do on your phone. I feel like there are plenty of horse shows where you try to stream it, and then there are too many people trying to watch, like Kentucky at one point, and then that the live is stream. The worst. It yeah, just it dies. Yeah. yeah, it just dies, and you're just basically like SOL, you know? Like yep. you've got no other option. Doesn't matter. Doesn't so do you matter. Guys, do you guys know, like, who's live streaming WEG? I mean, probably the I Chronicle of the Horse. Seen, I, I was assuming so. Yeah, I'm I don't think they've like, announced that yet. I mean, probably like oh. every other show, we'll find out the week before, and I'll have to check like a Venting Nation or something like that to find out. Because like, thankfully, the Venting did it first. last time, right? I mean, I would hope NBC because it's on American soil. You know what I mean? Like that, it'll be more mainstream to watch. But there are so many different disciplines and so many cool things like vaulting and endurance and all this stuff that we never really get. To, it's not easy, easily accessed to. No. Like, I want to watch that stuff because I think it's fascinating. You know but, what, Justine? I'm just going to FaceTime you. Yeah. Yeah. Please. While I feel you're like there, that face- is the best. I feel like that is going to be our only solution. I'll, I'll have the popcorn and a glass of wine and just be <laughs> FaceTiming with you for 12 hours. <laughs> well, and it's I'll like, just, you know, or I'll just leave my phone and be like, here, here's your live feed for the day. <laughs> <laughs> just leave, like, get the iPad and just set it up. And then oh just gosh. leave it for the day. Be like, no one can call me. It's live. It's live streaming because we still can't figure <laughs> can't out who the it. live stream is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's obviously a huge undertaking to do, but it's a huge opportunity to really get a lot of eyes on the sport because it's for one, we don't have a big time difference to worry about, and that was the big challenge. I remember for Normandy, yeah. I was working. I was doing like a live update thread for cross country for well for all the eventing days, and I was getting up at like three in the morning to start working. That part is a huge obstacle to get people watching it. So that's like, it's, I feel like they need to capitalize on that. But, you know, I've been seeing a lot of things about the, I saw a discussion on Facebook earlier today about the live stream and the cost of it and how, how, what it had to do with the Ocala Jockey Club event and how they're trying to, it, it's a longer story than I need to say. But anyway, it's definitely a huge cost and there's a lot of logistics involved. But the thing is, is that there's so many different companies that are trying to bring us these awesome live streaming products like the event riders masters has done an awesome job you know clip my horse tv does a great job over in europe and the uk uscf network does a great job right on video the list goes on and on and on and not that these companies aren't doing an awesome job but it's like i wish that there was a way to unify everything you know and just have one place where you can find all the streams or something i don't know but it just it, it you know it makes things less accessible it does. And I think that's, I think that's what's so hard, but I think also as a lot of events, that's the last thing they kind of think of, you know what I mean? They're trying to get people in the door. And sure. Get there. Yeah. I mean, they and have I so many costs as it 
it is too. Well, and I think that they're also just worried about like any major event, you know, whether it's Super Bowl, Olympics, WAG, you know, not even horse related, that it's such a production and you've got like, it's, they're down to the wire every time that like, it's not that the live streams are like an afterthought, but the, you know, making it accessible to the public and saying, look, this is going to be on X, Y, and Z. It's like the week before they're like, oh, by the way, we had already had this, but we forgot to tell you. And I think that's part of it too, is like, I'm sure they know who's live streaming it, but the last thing on their mind is telling us who's live streaming it. Right, because there's so many other logistics to put together. I mean, God, it's a colossal effort. Yeah, (laughs) right. I mean, they're like, you you can't blame them. But but at the same time, at the same time, like the whole buzzword in the whole equestrian industry right now is making the sport more accessible to sure. m- and more mainstream to more people. Like I know. you got to figure out the tech side of this crap if you want more people to be involved and to watch. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I was, I think I actually, Jess, I think I texted you this earlier. Cause I was wondering, I was like, you know, and, and please advise me if I'm wrong, send me a message or something, but I'm not sure that a lot of these organizations or show organizers or or federations or what have you have like a dedicated media broadcast slash sponsorship type of person. And I feel like that is a worthwhile investment to have somebody that can help really get the legs on that because it's not something that you can just delegate to an intern or, or have one person that does eight other jobs also doing, you know, it's a, it's a big effort to get to raise money and to get eyes on it and, and all the other stuff. So I just, I wonder how many of those staff members there are, you know, I don't know if anybody knows, but I think, I think every event is different, honestly. And some people are on top of it and some people, you know, I'm sure Tryon has a million people. Oh, absolutely. They probably have the biggest. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I mean, I just think that if we could all come together, um, we could basically figure out like, and be like, okay, look, we're all doing this, but there's so many people involved that I just hope we all are able to watch it. Totally. Yeah, we just got to note that NBC should be having something to do with WEG this year. So oh, we will keep our eyes yeah. peeled. If you guys know anything, then, you know, obviously we'd, we're not the experts, but you know, it's a good conversation to be having. And obviously the burden on the show organizers and the federations is huge. And we're not trying to take away from that, but this is a really important thing and it's going to bring in money and revenue to the sport. And that's extremely important. So. So uh, you guys, if you are not a member of our podcast lounge on Facebook, it's really a cool place. It's really positive, And a lot of people ask questions that can be answered, which is pretty awesome. And sometimes we'll pick that couple to answer on air. So it's the Heels Down Happy Hour podcast lounge. Search that request to join. You can be a part of it. But this is from Catherine in the group. And she was wanting to know if we had any tips or success stories or anything about getting back to riding after an ankle injury, or even just an injury in general. It's obviously an ankle is not something that you are really uh, you kind of need that um, when you're riding. But, you know, injuries of any sort can definitely cause a lot of headaches, especially for a professional rider, anybody that has to ride frequently. Jess, I think I remember reading a story about how you broke something not too long before Rolex, one of the years that you went. They kind of make the joke that eventers are typically made out of titanium more than bone. But, um, you know, what was your kind of Thankfully, experience? Thankfully, I with am that? not made of titanium. That would be Boyd Martin, I guess. <laughs> yes, that would be something I don't ever wish upon anybody to become is a titanium man. But it was nine, I think nine weeks before Rolex one year, I was riding one of my show jumpers. I've always had a couple show jumpers in all my event horses. And I was riding one of my show jump mares. She would jump 
like around a meter 30 and I was just schooling her like 115, 120. And I literally was just schooling her. She misread the top rail. It kind of blended in with the footing a bit. It was a bit of a natural jump and she misread it, tried to scissor it. We both went down. Yep. I shot her. I broke my collarbone really badly. Doug was standing right there. And so they're like, you broke it. And I was like, no, I'm fine. I sat up and I was like, I am not fine. And I mean, you knew immediately it was broken. So I went to the hospital. So sad. I did break my collarbone, but I will have to say they had to cut off this teal EIS shirt of mine. Like we talked about my favorite shirts, they had to cut it off. So I have this like superstition. I will never buy the teal color again. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Because I did love that shirt, but I was like, Oh, can't buy that one. It's bad luck. But, um, I mean, I don't think I blame you for that one. (laughs) Right. But I was like, And I was just schooling her at home, not even that big. Things happen. Accidents happen. So I broke my collarbone. I went to the hospital, shot the x-rays, found out that it was quite badly broken. They sent it to the x-rays to some surgeons in Nashville where my dad's, uh, my dad's also a surgeon. So they sent it to a couple of his orthopedic friends. Uh, We drove through the night, which was pretty painful. I think more for Doug because I was in so much pain. I was screaming most of the trip. <laughs> you poor and thing. He, Jeez. Yeah. But I really kind of felt bad for him because I was screaming and he's, I was like, don't hit a bump. And he's like, what oh, else God. can I do? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and so he dropped me off and I've never seen my mom's like, are you going to spend the night for a couple hours? He's like, nope, I'm going home. Like you can have her. <laughs> I had like, well, and also wasn't eating. And so I'm a really hangry person. So I had prepared for like surgery. So I didn't eat, I didn't do anything. And I was ready to go. Like they told me I was having surgery and all of my friends that have had collarbone breaks, I've had two really good friends have collarbone breaks from horses that they both got plated. So I told the doctors I wanted a plate. I'd be back on in a couple, you know, I told them I had to be back on in two weeks. That's when my friends were put back on. So needless to say, that's what I expected myself to do. And I went in for the surgery and they said, so we consulted a couple other surgeons. We think it's too risky to put a plate in you. And I had no idea what they were talking about. I was like, nope, you're wrong. They're, they're the doctors, but they're wrong. And I was like, no, I need a plate. And they're like, it's too risky, the risk of infection. And so we started learning more about the plates at the time. A lot of people were getting plates put in to their collarbones and multiple friends of mine that have had plates put in say they feel great right away. Like you said, the titanium person put a plate in, they feel great within days. Only problem is If you fall with a plate, a lot of times you're at a higher risk for shattering your shoulder or shattering around the plate or having infection and then having to go back in and taking the plate out. So my doctors were not comfortable with that. And they told me that there were a lot of other things that we could do to get me back riding in two weeks. And bottom line, I was surrounded by a great medical team. They had me riding within two weeks and I was at Rolex within nine. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But That's I mean, a crazy I, turnaround. You've that never one week was pretty painful. But after that, you felt pretty strong. Like, you, were you afraid when you were going to get back in the saddle and ride? No, because I wasn't getting on. I wasn't getting on the mare. I was getting on Trevor. <laughs> he was amazing. He wasn't going to fall. <laughs> Oh, I mean, Trevor. yeah, I okay. mean, the thing is, is it's, it's different. It's not, it wasn't about the height and it wasn't about that. I jumped some little fences and if I moved a little weird, it, 
it felt uncomfortable. The first week and a half was incredibly painful. I mean, I, the whole house was cleared out. No one was around my dad. Uh, my dad wasn't even in town. He was in Nashville working and we were all in Aiken at the time. Uh, Doug and my mother would like go to dinner and leave me because I was miserable. <laughs> so they didn't want to be by me. <laughs> so they're like, see you later. We got work to do. <laughs> I was like, okay. So the first week was pretty miserable. And by the second week, they told me at two weeks, uh, 10 days in, I still wasn't hundred percent. And I was convinced, um, they were wrong still. So I was, I'm a horrible patient by the way. So I was screaming at everybody going, you're no wrong. Like I'm never going to be back riding. I need to be back on now. And typical, like I have to go to Rolex. I ended up at like, I think it was like 14, 15 days. I finally was able to move my shoulder and I was actually like able to move my arm up and down and felt great. And I said, okay, great. So I got on, I felt more like just weak because you weren't really, it couldn't exercise honestly for those two weeks. So I felt weak. So it was more getting myself back in shape. And I mean, two weeks doesn't sound like a long time, but I had to make sure. And I think you feel guarded when you first start riding. So totally. Yeah. I felt like I was on a lunge line an imaginary lunge line, like going circles around Jan. And I was like, Oh, I think I can do this. My horse was on like an automatic 20 meter circle, just going around and around. And I was like, you know, posting and I was like, okay, let me sit. Oh, that's not really comfortable. So I posted for like the first week. And then I think I flatted for a week and then I jumped And then I competed a couple times prior to going to Rolex. I think I first competed five weeks after my collarbone. I mean, it's, it's worth noting that everyone is different, but you were like a, you were like a superstar wonder woman, Jess. (laughs) I mean, my pain tolerance is up there, but at the same time, I'm a very competitive person. And it was in 2012, I was going to try to go to London. I had a really good horse and thought I had a really good chance to go to London. So I was like, I'm going to give it my all and nothing's going to stop me, honestly. Good for you. I fell off my big, dumb green horse uh, a couple months ago and uh, hurt my rotator cuff pretty bad. It's still not normal. And it was a stupid, he just figured he's healthy enough that he figured out he could buck me off if he wants now. And I fell hard and hurt my, hurt the shoulder. And it was like months. And, but now even today it's been months and he's bucked me off since then. And I've been fine and gotten back on, but I am still scared to re-injure my shoulder. Like it's always in the back of my mind. And I, I know I ride defensively to try to protect it. And I hate that. I hate that because it's a fear thing. And I've never had that before. But do you feel, is it just on him or is it on other horses? It's just on him. And that's what I think the difference is. I think you have that in your head that it's the one horse. And so that's what was thankfully for me. It wasn't that horse I fell on. See, I kind of get it as like a, a, once I get a little bit shaken up, I get a little bit nervous on anything for a little bit. That's why it's different for every person. But for me, I'm a lot like Justine. I did not ride the mare until after Rolex. Mm. Okay. Okay. Probably safe anyway. She so, was so tiny mm-hmm. with her knees. That was part of the problem. She was such a good jumper when she, like there was a like, box and then a rail, like a high rail. And she only saw the box and went to jump that. And then at the last minute, instead of just punching out the rail, like 90% of my horses would do, she tried to be careful and get over it. 
She would be so so careful. She was so careful. And at the last minute, she was like, I can be a cat. And I'm like, we're not a cat. Like, (laughs) both of us. Hold on. Yeah. She went down too, honestly. It it was terrible. And of course, I get up and I'm like, let me jog my horse. I didn't jog her, but I had the girls jog her and see if she was sound. Do I need to call the vet? No, that thing was 100% sound. She was fine. So when Doug broke his collarbone, um, we um, went to the same surgeons and same thing. He was adamant about having surgery and they said the same thing that there's such a risk and different breaks are so different. Our breaks were very similar, opposite oh, wow. collarbones, but we had a very similar break and both of them recommended that we would heal better with time. And his took longer to heal. His wasn't two weeks. His was four to six weeks. So, and I mean, he's a lot tougher than I am. It just happened to heal a lot faster at that time, but there was nothing to go for at the same time. You know, I was like, yeah. I have to get back for Rolex. And yeah. So, that makes it harder when there's some pressure behind it of like, mm-hmm. there's a deadline or something coming up, but his was I think the, summer. I think the confidence thing is definitely, I mean, like, I feel like we could have a whole discussion on that, but I mean, it's just, I I think the important thing to take home is that everybody is going to be different. And that just because some, some paths back to writing worked for one person doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. And that's totally fine. You know, you just kind of have to find what makes you feel confident and, and makes you feel comfortable and and kind of go with that, you know, and don't feel pressured that like, you have to come back, you know, there's no, there's no deadline. deadline. I mean, yourself can be a deadline, but it shouldn't be, well, my friend had the exact same injury. Well, I mean, take Doug and I, Doug shouldn't have thought I have to come back in two weeks. He didn't Mm -hmm. thankfully, you know, he didn't think, oh, well, Jessica, he was around. He saw me get back going in two weeks and he's like, no, my body's healing differently than yours. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to, and it's about listening to finding the best medical team that you can find that you have access to listening to them, surrounding yourself and honestly listening to your body. Sometimes that is the best thing that you can do is your body's ready for it or your body's not ready for it. Not being pressured. Like my friend, I was adamant about having that plate put in and I'm so glad I didn't because for me, my medical team was amazing and they said, don't, and they were correct. Right. You know, I, so I actually wrote a story about this in Hills Down magazine, I think in February, I interviewed Will Faudry, uh, an inventor. Yeah. He had a monster injury, man. He had a terrible fall. I mean, I remember the (laughs) quote he told me when I asked him about his injury, he was like, if, if I break my neck again, I'm dead. That's literally where he's at. That's, he had such a traumatic injury and you know, he had, surgery to fix like two crushed vertebrae and had to have them fused back together. And obviously this is a, you know, this takes it to another level. And, but he had to like sit there in his house with help met, you know, like family helping him because he had to recover and couldn't move around quite so much. And he was going out of his mind because he knew he had a barn full of horses outside. And I think the mind over matter thing is so hard, uh, Mm -hmm. especially when it's your profession, but when it's, Oh, absolutely. when it's not, and when you have help, like Jess, you and Doug together, you have such you know, a, a well-oiled team of you guys and all your, you know, Courtney and all your people together that you, you can compensate for one another. But it's, man, your health is so important because if you don't let yourself yeah. heal, you're just going to hurt yourself again. And you're, this road that, is going to be way longer. That is spot on. You know, it's so important to like actually listen to what the doctor says. <laughs> so. take, take care of yourself because that is the most important thing. Listen to your body. Take care of yourself. Okay. It's our favorite time, Rose and Thorn. 
My rose this week is I get to be home in Aiken for like 10 whole days. Oh, that's Whoa. awesome. Pretty you amazing. Guys, you guys are always mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. That's like a eternity for us. And then my thorn this week would be poor Hudson's teething and he's getting his first couple teeth. So he's been a little more grumpy. He's still not terrible, but a little more grumpy than normal. Oh, poor, poor dude. Poor dude. He'll, teething he, is not fun, man. No, and I know you guys don't understand with children, but it's they get a little bit more grumpy when they start teething. Oh, I can so imagine. <laughs> it's not it's not fun. But <laughs> Justine, what do you got for me this week? All right, I'm starting with my thorn because oh. I'm sitting here like brewing in it, and it makes me so mad. So I spent all of Sunday literally landscaping my freaking yard, and then that took about half the day after I rode, and then the, all I did was clean my house. That was my whole Sunday. I cleaned the house and it smelled so clean. Everything was like pristinely beautiful. And what is it? Tuesday. And I walked in my house, like literally to get home to record this podcast. And was, I opened the front door. It was immediately greeted with like the disgusting dog smell again. Like how, how, how in 48 hours does it already (laughs) smell like dog? That's why ours get kicked outside. No, I just, I, cannot believe it i just like hours hours and i you know i have a big dog and a little dog and we you know we own like a modest home in a downtown environment so it's a smaller house than what you you know because we like can walk to stuff here and but it's um it smells it's like record time i think it's because of the heat and my dogs like shed more now or something but i i'm just like so angry about it that i'm like i'm not cleaning for a month and i'm just gonna have I'm to not do cleaning a for a month. Disgusting dog filth. <laughs> hey, hey, you let me know day five how cleaning for a month. Yeah, how's go. that month um, going for you? And husband stink. It's like all of it together, uh, you know. Like and well, and yours goes to the gym and comes home all like sweaty and gross. You've, you've said so. <laughs> I know, but he and he mows the lawn and does <laughs> yeah. crap outside. It's just always gross, you know. <laughs> Unbelievable. Just as bad as the dogs. Uh, <laughs> Kick them all out. So beyond yeah. that, um, I would pretty good um let's think what's my rose just that probably my horse it's all right last week was the week last year that mikey stopped sweating and my life changed forever and i drained my bank account to fix him and fingers crossed you know juju to every god out there in the world all the things you know keep say prayers for me but um mikey is doing really really good this summer he's sweating great really happy we're actually being able to work and he's you know everything is wonderful so fingers crossed that we've figured out the right every level of all the things that he needs so we're having a good summer that's awesome yeah so what about you sally um okay so you guys are gonna laugh because this both of mine are about my dog so just go ahead and judge um okay so i'll start with the thorn the thorn is that he's like disgusting all the time because he always goes everywhere with me and goes to the track and goes to the barn and goes to the beach and all this other stuff. So he gets a lot of baths. And so last night I gave him a bath and he's small enough that I can do it in my kitchen sink, which is really nice, <laughs> convenient. Um, but then I go to the beach this morning because um, sometimes like, you know, two, three times the week during the in the mornings, I like to go and just go for a couple mile walk with him. And he like found something disgusting. And he does that thing where he drags you over to the questionable stuff on the on the ground and then just like intently sniffs it and then he just like falls on the ground to roll on it and i just like sometimes i can't react fast enough 
Because it's always something disgusting. Like, it's always, like, a dead animal or, like, an excrement of some sort. It's it's always something absolutely nasty. And so I luckily, like, as he was going down, I, like, yanked on the leash and he, like, goes flying. I was like, I literally just gave you a bath yesterday. But he had, like, and then I wasn't even going straight home. I was going to the coffee shop to work. And so I had this, like, he had this, like, nasty streak on the side of his face and I'm just like oh my god I hope nobody can smell you because I don't even want it it was disgusting so anyway that was how (laughs) I spent my morning of chasing around my dirty dog and then on the flip side um so Kyle's getting ready to leave for a few months and so I was planning like a little date night for us before he goes because I'm kind of a nerd and so once again so Cooper like literally goes everywhere with us and he's kind of like our child so I found this hotel downtown that's like super dog friendly and it's like really trendy and kind of a boutique hotel so I reserved that and then there's this restaurant that overlooks the harbor and they have a really nice patio and it's a really nice restaurant at least based on the price of the menu it should be really nice um and they they're dog friendly like they have a dog menu that you can literally order a meal like for your dog and you can like reserve a table on the patio and then have this like nice dinner and then you can bring your dog so like i know that makes me a complete loser but i'm super excited about that oh that's my rose for the week that's super that's cute it's really cute <laughs> I don't have kids, but, you know, I got a dog. Same thing. Got the dog. Not really. I know it's not the same thing, but. (laughs) So we also have a mailbag question, which, by the way, we really love getting questions from you guys. So um, keep them coming either, like I said earlier, in the Facebook group, or you can also email us at hello at heelsdownmedia.com. But this one is from Krista, and she says she's hoping to go watch a dressage show and would like to take some pictures. Um, It looks like she's maybe an amateur photographer. Uh, She wants to take some photos to improve her own skill set. Now, there is a professional photographer there, and I don't want to step on any toes. Um, She says, if I'm doing this for myself, not selling or giving the pictures away, is it okay, and would it be inappropriate? You know, and I commented on this this question, but it's really cool, Krista, that you even asked the question, because honestly, a lot of people that, like, especially now with how good phones are and how great of pictures a lot of people can kind of take now. The perf- the way of the professional show photographers, their job is getting really difficult to make money. And so, you know, it's really a sign of respect to go to a show and, and, and A, not try to undercut anybody. You know, don't take a million pictures of your friends and give them away. You know, you have to work with the show photographer in some capacity. So um, I think that's a huge thing that you are asking that question because it shows a lot of consideration. So yeah, in that situation, definitely if you're not selling, for sure not selling um, or giving the pictures away, that's a bit, that's a huge plus. Um, and also just go up and talk to the photographer and say, hey, you know, I'm here to learn. I'm not here to step on any toes. And a lot of times they're even happy to help you and give you a few pointers so but always love the show photographers because they keep all those pretty pictures coming and we don't want those to go anywhere totally so if you want to hear more from us you can check out heels down magazine it's an interactive digital magazine on your phone Um, you can download it on itunes or or google play or check out our website at heelsdownmag.com and we'll be releasing episodes of Heels Down Happy Hour on the second and last Fridays of each month. And you can also get the Horse Radio Network app on your iOS or Android phone. All you have to do is search for Horse Radio Network in the App Store, and it's free and super easy to use. So um, thank you so much to our sponsors. We have EcoGold, Classic Equine by Richie, Ek Athletica, and SmartPack. So awesome, guys. Thank you so much for all the fun times. I think we had a lot of good things we talked about. So cheers. Totally. Cheers. cheers.